Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing. My name is Ian Duncan McDonald. I'm author of Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing, which is available as both an e-book and as a print book from Amazon.com. Tonight, I will be reading from Chapter 3 of Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing. It deals with what happens when you acquire sudden wealth. Chapter 3 Those receiving large sums of unexpected money have no natural constraints on how to invest. Those who struggle to save $5,000 must make careful investment decisions. Some acquire sudden wealth through inheritance. Others win lotteries. Some receive large settlements. Many are successful athletes, artists, authors, or entertainers who sign multi-million dollar contracts. When this sudden wealth appears, they need to be prepared. It is so easy to run through a fortune if you think you could never spend it all. Therefore, before the sharks descend and bite off much of the newly acquired riches, it is critical that the suddenly affluent learn how to both preserve and grow their wealth. When I graduated from university and moved to the big city, with all my possessions in one small suitcase, I took the first job offered. It was with an international corporation that paid me less than what I had earned in my summer jobs working as a laborer in a mine. Without that summer income, I would never have been able to pay for my education. The habit I acquired in carefully managing that summer money is something that has never left me. $20,000 in my bank account seemed more than enough to meet all my needs. I was a senior executive with a large salary, working for a profitable, long-established company. Almost my entire income was being spent to maintain a nice lifestyle. Investing or saving money was never a serious consideration. My rich lifestyle was supposed to continue right into my retirement, at which time I was to receive an index pension equivalent to 80% of my salary. Man plans, God laughs. A generous indexed pension fund was not to be a large settlement was substituted for the pension when the company was suddenly sold. Investing it seemed to be my next step. Despite decades of business experience, I had no investment experience. Protecting myself from future poverty was suddenly a priority. I contacted a friend who owned a small investment company He'd always displayed all the trappings of wealth. This even included a private resort on a large island where he entertained dozens of clients every summer. Surely he must become successful by providing excellent investment advice to his clients. I visited his office in the heart of the financial district. He asked one of his employees to recommend where my fortune should be invested. In less than 10 minutes, I was handed a short list of mutual funds to approve. What he had selected meant nothing to me. 
I asked no questions then or when I was presented with a contract which I signed without reading. A check was made out to my trusted friend's company for the largest amount I had ever written in my life. Now, with both my money and my approval, my friend smiled and told me that my retirement was now secure. When I retired each year, I was expected to sell enough units of the mutual fund to live on. My friend assured me that the only investment costs I would incur would be an annual fee of a few thousand dollars to cover his advisory duties and preparation of my income tax return. It would be such a small percentage of the portfolio that he doubted that I would even notice the deduction. In what would be an ever-increasing portfolio, I remembered thinking how fortunate I was to have such a good friend. Since I now work for a conglomerate that had acquired my previous employer, I was able to ignore my investment portfolio's very existence. It was going to be more than a decade before I would retire and need to draw on those funds. Every month, I received a statement. It was a jumble of numbers that meant little to me. It seemed to indicate that the portfolio was increasing in value. I had no idea what my mutual funds were invested in, nor did I care. I vaguely understood that the purpose of a mutual fund was to to diversify your investments and protect you from the disasters that investing in a single stock might encounter. Every summer, my friend now invited me to his private resort to be wined and dined. What a fine fellow, so generous. Nothing but the best of wine was served. It had been won at the rare wine auctions he attended. He loved to brag about his clever bidding. I'm sure he wrote off the cost of the resort and the rare wine as a business expense. It never occurred to me that I was paying for my own vacation. There is no such thing as a free lunch. One day in the year 2000, at a time when dot-com companies were all the rage, my investment advisor took me to lunch. He was not a happy man. Angrily, he ranted about some foolish client who had liquidated a portfolio of a few million dollars because this fool thought that all stock prices were overvalued and about to collapse. The fool feared his portfolio would be wiped out. My friend, who had been an investment advisor for four decades, scoffed at the client's negative crystal ball gazing. In 2000, hundreds of small internet companies were listing themselves on stock exchanges. They were known as dot-com companies. The internet was something new and exciting. Ownership of a dot-com company's shares were believed to be an investor's ticket to great wealth. Many newly formed dot-coms quickly had stock valuations worth billions of dollars. These were often corporations who had yet to realize more than a few million dollars in sales and had never shown a profit. Traditional investors 
who scoffed at the ballooning dot-com valuations were told by pr promoters that a dot-com's lack of sales and profits could be ignored because this was a new era. The conventional ways of evaluating an investment were no longer relevant. Dot-com companies had to be judged differently than stodgy, profitable companies that had been trading on the stock exchange for decades. Within a month after our lunch, speculators panicked and sold their shares in dot-com companies. The stock market collapsed. I and millions of others lost half our wealth. I suddenly realized that my investment advisor, despite his experience, obviously had no clear insight as to where stock market values were going than I did. I was in trouble. Any plans I had for an early retirement had vanished. This disaster taught me that no one can accurately predict the future and that there are none so blind as those who choose to be. I was now motivated to find a better, safer way to invest what remained of my fortune. Meanwhile, my friend was searching for new sources of revenue to replace the lost commissions from his client's shrunken portfolios. He asked me to give him a letter that would turn over complete control of my diminished portfolio to him. I took this as confirmation that it was now time for me to learn how to manage my own money. No longer naive, I had become aware that in addition to the thousands of dollars I was being charged for his advice, he was also receiving a commission of 2% or more annually from the mutual fund companies where he had invested my money. If shares on average gain 6% on a stock exchange annually, I had probably been giving away half of my portfolio's gain every year. Fortunately, I did learn how to invest safely and wisely. Even after living off my dividend income for the last 16 years, my portfolio is still three times larger growing when I began to self-direct my investments. I now have more disposable income than when I earned an executive salary. Much less of it is being eaten by income tax. This is due to a lower tax rate charge on dividend income than on salaried income. Recently, a teacher in his 50s asked me if I expected to run out of money before I died. I assured them that I saw no reason why my wealth would not grow until the day I met my maker. Receiving a large amount of money that has no specific destination is seductively easy to spend. I recommend that you adopt the attitude that this is not really your money. All you are is this generation's steward, responsible for preserving wealth for the next generation. Hopefully, you'll be able to teach the next generation how to manage it with a similar attitude. Have you found yourself with unexpected wealth? Read this book. It can prepare you to counter the onslaught of those who will be eager to get their sticky fingers on as much of your wealth as they can elicit. In addition to the sharks, you have the government wanting to take a tax bite. 
a smart chartered accountant will ensure that the government gets no more than what it is entitled to. Pay your taxes. If the government comes after you for unpaid taxes, the money in your investment accounts and whatever other assets they can find will be seized. They will not be satisfied until they have everything to which they believe they are entitled. Getting disputed money back from the government is time-consuming and difficult. How to achieve financial independence or even having it as a goal is not taught in school. Our educational system is geared to turning out workers who are expected to toil away for 40 years. The idea that we were not born to be worker bees is foreign to most of us. Sooner than you think, you can, if you choose, live very well without being employed, just by changing your attitude towards money. Such an idea may seem subversive, but it is possible. This book was initially going to be directed only to those few who had suddenly received a fortune. However, there are millions who have slowly acquired wealth and stored it in savings accounts in similar low-yielding havens, devoid of capital gains. For these people, their intolerance of risk makes them open to the benefits of value investing, as described in this book. Safe, self-directed stock investments will protect your future far better than the meager interest rates they are now receiving. Their wealth is being depleted by inflation year after year. You really can outlive your money. You may have sufficient cash in your bank savings account to shield you from unforeseen setbacks. However, a retirement that could go on for decades needs investments that will generate steady capital gain. Growing your lifetime savings faster than you've been doing may now seem possible, but it can be done. In Chapter 11, read my tips on how you can direct more of your cash to investments. You may be surprised how quickly with a few changes in habits and attitude how much income can be generated. The objective is to live as well on your investment income as you are now living on your employment income. How do you go from living paycheck to paycheck to saving $5,000? Chapter 11 provides ways to save money. Suppose you did save $5,000 to invest in a stock. The $5,000 would be more precious to you than the $500,000 would be to a millionaire. You would want to find a stock to invest in that was safe, paid a high dividend with great potential for growth. This book will show you how to find that stock. After the establishment of your $5,000 portfolio, you can now start saving towards buying the next $5,000 worth of stocks. It will be a little easier to save the second $5,000 because you will now be receiving a minimum of $30 in dividends every month from the initial $5,000 stock purchase. The grand objective is to acquire $5,000 worth of shares in 20 carefully chosen dividend-paying companies. The shares of all 20 companies added together 
would give you a safe, substantial, diversified portfolio worth $100,000. Depending on the length of time invested, the 20 shares worth $100,000 could grow at a rate of 10% a year to eventually be worth a million dollars. If you also bought more shares in the 20 companies with the dividend income being realized from all 20 dividends, from all 20 shares, a million dollars could be realized more quickly. Outliving your money and being ravaged by inflation would cease to be a concern. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.